0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor
1: Mike. If you'll turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10 this morning. Starting a new chapter today as we make our way through the Gospel of Luke. Verse three he says, Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs amongst wolves. Excuse me? <laughs> Wait a minute. Now I'm sure we've all seen a depiction of a a, 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 a hill with covered with a flock of, of sheep and a little wolf, you know, or a big wolf, you know, sneaking up the side of it. You know, with that the menacing look in his face. You know, he's gonna go and he's gonna do some damage to those sheep. And they're all sitting up there all innocent, just kind of, you know, eating grass that are laying down. And then, and you know how much damage a one wolf could do to a bunch of sheep? He just starts biting and devouring, you know, and killing, you know, a lamb just takes one bite. And that's not what he's saying. He's not saying I'm sending the flock out amongst, you know, a wolf. He's saying I'm sending a lamb, two lambs, out amongst a, a, a what do they call it, a pack of wolves wow, that kind of switches it up, doesn't it? Like, where's the defense mechanism? Where's the, where's the protection? You know, I need some wolf repellent, you know, or something. Some no-bite, cover my body with that. What do they call that stuff? Put on your nails. <laughs> I mean, that's so serious. Like, what do you do in that situation? And This is what Jesus is saying. Now, wait well, wait a minute, aren't the Judeans, and this is where they're heading, remember Jesus left Galilee, he's, now he's heading down to Judea, and this is why he's sending these out, the, he sent the 12 out to the cities of Galilee, he's sending these 70 down to the cities of Judea, and, and aren't they more religious, aren't they more godly, <clears throat> aren't they more, more serious about the law, they live closer to Jerusalem, you know, obviously it means something to them, yeah, yeah, that's probably the problem you know because yeah they are religious and yet many of them are wolves you know th- there is no religion in christianity it's about jesus it's about having a relationship with him religion is me earning something and being good enough to get to god uh, christianity is god being good enough to get to me who is a sinner who is weak and 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 vulnerable and sinful and Jesus comes and forgives our sins it's not what I do for God or what i've earned before God it's what Jesus has done for me, and that's what Christianity is. He paid it all on the cross for us, and so we go out amongst the world, wolves. you know it's something we have to understand and i don't I don't know if we ever really think about this too much you know if, if you're a Christian, and you understand what what the cosmology is here on earth, then you understand that this isn't God's world in the sense of God's given authority of the world over to man and that was taken over by Satan. Think about a world where you live underneath the cloud of a war zone. You know, think about what it would be like living in Ukraine right now and yet that's exactly what it's like living where we live in a, in, on the spiritual side of things that there are principalities and powers and dominions and, and heavenly hosts of wickedness all over this world. A, a world like that, to the point, you think about it, remember in Daniel when Daniel was praying and he was seeking God and he, he prayed for 21 days and finally after 21 days, Gabriel shows up. And he says, the day you started to pray and fast, I I was dispatched. But I had a fight with the prince of Persia. And and then Michael came and helped and I was able to break free. Think about that. There's this, this dome of wicked spiritual forces that are covering the area that it took God's angel, Gabriel, 21 days to get through. That's crazy. I don't think we even have any idea of, of the, the the darkness and the demonic hosts and the things that are happening around us. And I think that it's probably thicker in some places. That was the kingdom of the world at that time. That was probably Satan himself that they were fighting. But but I think it's probably heavier in some places than others. But the reality is, is we are in a war zone and we are airdropped into a place and and sometimes we don't have any idea what kind of battle we're in. And that's why the Bible clearly tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal; they're not in the flesh. They're they're powerful in God, tearing down strongholds as we seek God, putting on the full armor of God as we pray, as we use God's word, as we remember our salvation, and we keep, we we have the shield of faith that quenches the fiery darts of the wicked one. We are in a spiritual battle. We have to we have to recognize that we are out as lambs amongst wolves. And they want to devour us. And yet Jesus doesn't say, you know, take your wolf repellent, take your 45, you know, your, you know, to blow them away. No, what we have to understand is that these people, as it tells us very clearly in the scriptures, Christians are never to be angry and to scream at people. That's never our job. You know, I've seen Christians do that. It's horrible. But we're never to be angry or to scream at people or to demean people. Because the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, willing to teach, patient. And and our our whole goal in that is that that God might grant them repentance, that they might come to their senses and escape the the snare of the devil, who's devil who's taken them captive to do his will. Paul tells Timothy that he says they're they're POWs, they're wolves because they're they're under captivity to the devil. And so our job is to go out and to take territory. Verse 4, he says, carry neither money bag, knapsack or sandals or greet no one along the road. And so he's basically telling them, you know, I want you to go out. I want you to trust me. God will provide for your needs as you go. Don't take anything with you. Just go by faith. And they do. You know, I, I think that this is what he's doing is is he's teaching them to trust him. And I think that that's true of anybody who goes into ministry. That's kind of one of the first lessons. I remember when Shannon and I first came out here to plant the church. We we didn't have anything. We still have most of that left. We we came out here to plant a church and, you know, we needed a building. You know, how are we going to get a building? Well, we prayed and we had our heart on this building. That, you know, felt like the Lord had led us here. And so we prayed. And the Lord ended up letting us buy this place, this whole three acres and the buildings and everything for $45,000. It was a miracle, and He provided. And then there was a time where Shannon and I didn't have, you know, I was working a, a business doing carpet cleaning, but the problem was is I was getting busier and busier with the church, and I had to tell more and more people, I don't have time to do that job, you know, I can't, you know, I had to refuse work because I was just so busy with the church. And so as I became more busy with the church, and of course, I'm not getting paid to do the church, you know, that's, that's kind of how things start out, you know, the first four years, not drawing any paycheck or salary of any kind, I, I we just began to pray and we didn't tell anybody. We've been reading a lot of George Mueller and a lot of Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret and Edwin Orr and Corey Tamboom and just hear the way that God provided as they, they trusted him. And so we just, we get together and we would pray. And, I mean, crazy things would happen. I was telling our small group the other day, we, we had our house over here. We were in the Joy Building. We just had finished it, which was another miracle that it got finished. And we we moved in, and we looked at, we had a couch. Oh, and, and we just had bought, at a yard sale, we just bought a table. So we had a couch and a table. And we had nothing else. And which was, a, that was fine. But we needed a bed, and we needed some other things. And so we just started to pray and God provided within like three days. It was crazy. We started to pray. I so Shannon's like, we need some furniture. I was like, well, we don't have any money, so let's pray. So we prayed. That day, a girl had gone doing bigger and better. You take a paper clip and you go and just trade up until you get something worthwhile. She ended up with a futon and a couple ficus trees. She's like, do you guys want this? I'm like, yeah. So we took it in. Had a futon and a couch. And then another couple guys had done a plumbing job, and somebody's like, hey, do you guys want these chairs? And they're like, oh, sure. They brought them up, and they like, hey, we, bought, we got some chairs. Do you guys need some chairs? Yeah, brought them in. Another guy got married. He says, hey, I got duplicates of a lot of stuff, you know, coffee tables and end tables and stuff like that. You, do you need anything like that? And we're like, yeah. And so he brought it over. And so by the end of a couple of days, our whole house was completely full. We didn't tell a soul that we needed furniture. And and we would need food or we need something to pay a bill. And I remember one time we came home and there was a rock with a $100 bill sitting on the porch. You know, rock on top of the $100 bill. The rock wasn't part of the gift. It was just to hold the gift in place. But but God is just so faithful. And as we would pray, and I could tell you story I could, I could use an entire service telling you stories of the things and the ways that God provided for us because he is faithful. And that's what he wanted these guys to see. Sometimes God provides for you for you that way. And sometimes he does it. And sometimes it's not even his intention to provide for you that way. He, he follows up with them. He's about to be crucified in Luke chapter 22, verse 35. He follows up with them and he wants to remind them of this. And he said in, in verse 35, Luke twenty-two, thirty-five. and he said to them, when I sent you with without money bag, knapsack and sandals, did you lock anything? So they said, nothing. So they know he's faithful to provide. They know he is. Then he said to them, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment to buy one.
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 991